This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Last year, General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis all posted very strong profits in North America. In fact, for Stellantis, it was an all-time record. But for Toyota, it was a disaster. Even though Toyota's sales and revenue went up last year, it lost over half a billion dollars. 558 million to be exact. Toyota made a $4.1 billion profit in 2021, but since then, its earnings have fallen off a cliff. It blames the soaring cost of raw materials and its investments in its digital transformation for the losses. But it seems to us that all automakers have faced the same issues. Other Japanese automakers also struggled in North America. Honda and Nissan saw their sales and profits drop, but they did not lose money. The first quarter of this year as a whole will likely be tough for Toyota. It reported that North American sales fell 9% for the first three months. The Ford Motor Company could always count on its financing and leasing arm, Ford Credit, to deliver at least a couple billion dollars in profit. But thanks to a big drop in production, because of COVID and the chip shortage, Ford Credit is financing far fewer vehicles. And dealers have far lower floor planning costs because cars and trucks get sold so quickly instead of sitting on their lots. As a result, last year its revenue dropped by a billion bucks. So for the first time since it was created in 1959, Ford Credit is going to start marketing itself directly to consumers. It created a new logo, banner ads, and even a video that it's going to post on social media. It's also going after commercial customers under the banner of Ford Pro Fin Simple. And later this year, it will launch what it calls Lincoln Financial Services to go after people that want to buy Lincolns. Where are we going to get all the raw materials we need to make electric motors? Well, one significant source could be what they call tailings, the waste material that's thrown away after mining. Mining companies in Sweden, South Africa, and Australia are extracting rare earth minerals from mining debris. Six projects are underway that will process materials from mineral sands, fertilizer, and iron ore operations, which will produce 10,000 metric tons of material by 2027, or the equivalent of 8% of demand for those materials. RMIT University in Australia estimates that there are 16.2 million tons of rare earths in 325 mineral sand deposits worldwide. Extracting rare earths from mine waste is also quicker than setting up a new operation because the stuff has already been pulled out of the ground. It just needs to be processed. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data.
Last year, Chinese automaker BYD created a new upscale EV brand called Yang Wang. And here's its first vehicle called the U8, an electric SUV that's designed to take on the Mercedes G-Class. Its wheelbase is 160 millimeters or about six inches longer than the G. But overall, it's 502 millimeters or about 20 inches longer. It's powered by four electric motors that combine for 1,100 horsepower, and the U8 is able to do 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in just three seconds. It ain't cheap, though. The starting price is over $116,000. But it's a relative bargain compared to the G-Class, which costs sixty dollars to $116,000 more than the U8 does in China. Last week, Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares said, the world doesn't have enough lithium to make all the batteries that are needed for electric cars. But what if batteries didn't need any lithium? BYD is going to launch a new entry-level EV called the Seagull that is reportedly going to be the first EV with a sodium ion battery, which doesn't use any lithium. These batteries are less energy dense and charge slower, but sodium can be found just about anywhere. It's cheaper, and sodium batteries are easier to make, they don't burn, and they don't mind cold weather. The Seagull is a wedgy little electric with angular styling that's priced between $11,000 and $15,000. Power comes from either a 55 or 75 kilowatt electric motor which is roughly 75 and 100 horsepower. There's two battery packs available, 30 and 38 kilowatt hours, which deliver 305 and 405 kilometers respectively of range on the Chinese test cycle. That's 190 and 250 miles. The larger pack is LFP or lithium iron phosphate and Car News China reports the other pack will use BYD's new sodium ion chemistry. The iconic Renault 5 is making a comeback, but this time it's all electric. It rides on the automaker's new CMF platform for B-segment vehicles that's been modified to accommodate a 400-volt electric drive system. So it's a converted ICE architecture and it shares 70% of its parts with the Clio and Captur. But it also has upgrades over Renault's previous B-segment EV, the Zoe, like a new multi-link rear suspension, a lighter 4-module battery pack instead of 12 modules, and a more compact power distribution center, and that lowers the overall weight of the drive unit. That unit features a synchronous electric motor, that doesn't use any rare earth metals. With those upgrades, it claims the new Renault 5 will be 30% cheaper to manufacture than the Zoe. The first nine prototypes are currently undergoing endurance testing and fine tuning. At Schaeffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility manufacturing smarter, reducing CO2 emissions, making energy production clean. 
Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. Toyota offers hybrids on practically its entire lineup, except the Tacoma. But that's about to change. For the first time ever, the midsize pickup will be available with a hybrid. Toyota shared this teaser image of the all-new 2024 Tacoma with its iForce Max badge on the bed. That's the name that Toyota gave the new hybrid system on the Tundra. In that truck, an electric motor is mounted in the bell housing of the 10-speed automatic transmission, sandwiched between the twin-turbo 3.5-liter V6. That setup makes 437 horsepower and 583 pound-feet of torque. Toyota says, stay tuned for more info on the Tacoma. Amazon now has 3,000 Rivian electric vans in its fleet, up from 1,000 last November. But that's still well short of the 100,000 vans that Rivian will deliver to Amazon by 2030. Last month, the Wall Street Journal reported that Amazon would only buy 10,000 vans this year. But the vans that are in operation are delivering goods in 500 cities across the U.S. and have delivered more than 75 million packages. Luxury brands just can't seem to get enough of their fastback SUVs, and Genesis is the latest to join the trend with the GV80 Coupe concept. But admittedly, this is a very slick-looking vehicle with the brand's signature grille and two-bar lighting that wraps around the front and rear. And is anyone else getting Clark Plaid vibes from a Golf GTI with the seats? I sure know I am. Genesis says the GV80 Coupe concept, quote, serves as a statement of intent for the future. Well, this is the beginning of the end of AM radios in cars. Electric motors in EVs interfere with AM signals unless the radio or motor is shielded. But a lot of automakers are finding this as a good excuse to get rid of the cost of AM. Ford, BMW, Mazda, Polestar, Rivian, Tesla, VW, and Volvo already got rid of it in their EVs. And now the Detroit Free Press reports that Ford will drop AM radio in its ICE vehicles as well starting next year. But it will still offer AM radio in its commercial vehicles. The company says many AM radio stations stream their broadcasts with apps, so owners can still listen that way. But former employees at FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, say that AM radio is far more dependable in emergencies than streaming. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for joining us. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion.